Hey, Anik. Hi, Jeff. How Let's get going. You? Let's get going. How are things over the pond? I'm in San Francisco. You're in London. Welcome to 2022. How are things over here? Things are okay. It's rainy and gray. Mm. I can't really handle that, but I'm I'm working on it. I'm working it through it. And yeah. uh, it's been a bit of a slow start to 2022 for me. It's been interesting. Slow and sluggy or slow and easeful? Easeful and by design, but it feels like I've missed the moment in time of like starting, like had a little New Year's hang. So, you know, sob midnight come and go, but yeah. intentionally designed this like starting the year a couple weeks into January so that we had time to just a slow start. It's by design, but somehow I can feel that urgency of like, let's get going let's into get the year. Going. It feels kind of weird to, yeah. What about you? Yeah. Um, very easeful, wonderful to be in 2022. Let's see what the year has ahead. Very restful break. Grateful to be back in Canada with the family. We had minus 30 every day, which I know may scare some listeners. For me, that was just an <laughs> excuse to uh, sit on the sofa in front of the fire watching as many 80s movies as possible. My parents have all of the sort of 80s and 70s movie packages just on their cable thing. My parents still have cable. So this wow. is where I'm at. This is like the nostalgia of like the joy of like, what is on? As opposed to like <laughs> going through your streaming service going, what haven't I watched yet? It's like, yeah. give me what you've got. Yes, I want Back to the Future 3. Um there's so, no algorithm serving you a bunch of stuff. There you just isn't. get to hit the TV guide button and look at everything. Or is there? Do they know <laughs> that that's what I wanted? Um, so, yeah, so getting back to San Francisco, uh, the sun is shining. We've we've had lots of rain. It's The weather's feeling great. It's feeling optimistic and hopeful over here in the in the Bay Area. So looking forward to the year ahead. But, yeah, like you, quite easeful. I've enjoyed that. This year hasn't started with, oh, my gosh, let's go. It started with more like, is it time for another matcha? Um, and I'm always into that. <laughs> love it that's great i'm happy for you thanks okay um that kind of gets us right into our our hot topics we're bringing some hot culture topics for this moment in time at the beginning of 2022 and what are you seeing out there there is obviously a lot going on so it was hard to get back into the swing of things and to su suggest or select our first hot topics for the year um but i think something that is clearly in the ether um and something that we can't ignore is are we ever going back to the office what's happening <laughs> we were back we weren't back we're in we're out we're masked up we're not masked up we're vaccinated we're not vaccinated at the office what's going on um so this is something that i feel like we need to really reflect on and may i dig straight in anique Please. may i jump in the what i think caught my eye this past week was uh the new york times reporting that citigroup is preparing to fire employees who are not vaccinated by the end of January. So they announced this in October, obviously, to give employees time to prepare for that. Um, we also had uh, the government mandate here in the US uh, from Joe Biden around really hoping that employers would take on some of that uh, um, mandate to get people vaccinated in their communities. Uh, so employers of more than 100 people, the proposal was that they should mandate that people get vaccinated. Citigroup was one of the first to say, yeah, we're gonna we're in with that anyways. The Biden administration mandate, I think, is still 
going through the potentially the Supreme Court. I don't know enough about that. But anywho, Citigroup is on it. Um, 90% of employees have already complied, which this leaves probably around 6,500 who are still at risk of potentially losing their jobs at the end of January. So this caught my eye. Um, first of all, just with the sort of brashness of it. Also interesting that Citigroup was called out because I think there's a lot of other employers who would be yeah. in this space. But what made me get excited for what we might talk about today is why is this happening? So what's actually going on in the world of work and in the world of culture around getting people back into the office and getting them back into the office in certain ways? All right, so bottom any, line I, this for us. Yeah, I thought we could riff around these four. So let me introduce the four and then let's sort of dig into them. So why is this happening? Now, I put these together through just conversations with leaders that we've been having in all of our markets around the world. So not just in the US, this is something I've been seeing happening in uh, Europe and UK as well, even our clients in Australia and Asia. So interesting to see. This is a possibly still a global phenomenon. Um, so why is this happening? Well, first of all, is it all about getting people back to work the way we used to work? So is there something there around that sort of, we were good at working together in a certain way, and this has been disruptive, the pandemic has been disruptive, so can we get people back to the way we used to work? So that's number one. Number two, what we've been hearing as well is we love our culture and we love a connected culture and it's really hard to have a remote or hybrid culture. So can we just get everyone back to the office so that we can have a connected culture again? Interesting, especially for global companies like Citigroup. Um, number three, is it all about taking care of each other? Is it all about making sure that our employees are healthy and well? And if they're back in the office, that they will be healthy and well together. So that's number three. And number four, is it all about productivity? Is it about getting people working at their best or indeed not off sick so that they are working the hours they are contracted? So those are my hot four. Nick, which of the four do you feel is most prevalent in the United Kingdom at present? Mm. I think it's a mix of like getting back to work or connected culture. Which one okay. of those two do you want to start with? Well, let's start with getting back to work. I think because I do think there's a sort of a, a slide into the connected culture. So getting back to work, though. So I, I feel like this one's really about leaders and managers being more comfortable managing people in familiar surroundings, right? So we know what it's like to work in an office together. We've been practicing that for decades. When I could see you at your desk, I knew that you were working. I knew you were doing mm. what you were told, possibly. So there's a control element of there, of it there. But let's be honest, it's been hard for some people to work remotely and hybrid. So it's kind of easier, isn't it? Just to get back at our desk, you know, get in that meeting room, have that brainstorm or just spend an hour talking about nothing ineffectively. We were really good <laughs> at that pre-pandemic. So there's some comfort in that, isn't there? Yeah, certainly for some people. I mean, yeah, for some people that is true. Even in my my husband like loves the idea that he has to be at the office two days at work and it creates a rhythm to his life. It gives him the social connection he wants. There is some like ease of that somehow, even though it's like a forced mandate. Yeah. And I think let's be honest about that, that, that it, 
for some people, working at home is not great. <laughs> so mm -hmm. going into the office is good for some employees as well. Some employees don't have offices. If you work in a large restaurant or in manufacturing plant, you got to go to the office. Your office is that place anyway. So this one's really going to impact more around the traditional office worker, whereas right. a lot of our other um, workforce is used to still going to their quote unquote office every day. So, so there's something in the sort of habit and the joy of, of the norm. Um, there's an element of control, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Especially when you've got leaders who perhaps haven't stepped into like the modern way of leading who really thrive in that sort of command and control style leadership, yeah. being able to see your people being able to be there, and perhaps even being able to recognize ego. Like I like to look around and see that my people are here for me and with me. And yeah. I like to be able part of even their own comfort is going to work and being able to riff with people. So it's not necessarily about what the people want. It's the leader needs this sort of dynamic. So yeah. there's the command and control, but also, yeah, somehow ego plays into that command and control sometimes too. I agree. And I think that then does slide into that connection space, right? It is easier for leaders to connect with people face-to-face -face or be around them in general. So it is easier for managers to walk up to someone in the office floor and say, can I help you with that? Or do you need some support today? It's harder to do that when we have to arrange things in a remote environment. But when it comes to that second bullet all around connected cultures, what we've been hearing from leaders over here is I could really build trust and connection more easily when I could have that face-to-face -face experience with my team. I felt that I could connect to them better. I felt that we were able to sort of super boost what it takes to be a, you know, a well-oiled functioning team when I could rally the troops together and bring them together all the time. And there's that loss of the water cooler moment where there's no spontaneity there. People are longing for that. Yeah. And we've got now whole workforces who've been hired through the pandemic remotely and who've right. never had that connection. That's right. And it, well, we know from our work, like it takes a skill to be able to create meaningful connection online. It's possible, but there yeah. are some leaders who maybe don't have this skill or have never tried it before. So there is that worry of loss of connection or how do I build culture remotely? Yeah. But yeah, you're right. There's a whole group of folks who are hired during this time who know culture is not built around place anymore. Culture exactly. is built between us and through other things than just being in person. Right. So so that's interesting to think of that sort of loss, but actually what have you even been gaining through this more difficult time of creating those connected cultures when you've been able to do it in, in other ways? Okay. The third one was taking care of each other. So, you know, there's that element of pastoral care. Some employers really feel that their role is to take care of their employees. I mean, very much so in a European context, employers actually have a, a sort of fiduciary duty around that. So if it's in your culture to take care of each other, one of our clients, Amy's Kitchen, that's one of their values. You know, they were one of the first to have vaccination centers on site for their employees. That fits very much within their culture. That is the cultural norm to want to do those kinds of things. So to me, if that's in your culture, it would make sense Therefore, that you would want to make sure that you are doing everything you can to keep your employees safe. You're doing that through 
what's in your cultural DNA more so than any sort of risk mitigation. Obviously, you want to make sure there's less community spread within your operations. But for some people, it's just in our nature to want to take care of each other. And that's yeah. how I express that. Do you see that in, in the UK at the moment? I think we do. I'm, yeah, we definitely do. The taking care of each other, particularly, obviously, in like universal health care. Like yeah. I've been volunteering at our vaccine center and obviously it's healthcare based. So there's care kind of embedded in that culture, but it's interesting to see how people take care of each other. Even as us volunteers, we've yeah. got a culture of care of like taking care of each other and none of us work in the medical field, but there yeah. is this care that comes. And I think what's also interesting and how what is going to add to your um, comment about Amy's kitchen it's coming from the top down. Amy's Kitchen wants to take care of their people. It's part of their culture. It's in their values. But that beautiful ripple effect that happens with the people. The people yeah. want to belong to a culture where people care for each other. And so it's not just a top down. It's an all around. And that's happens at Amy's. Now everyone at Amy's wants to take care of each other, not just the owners of the business. And you see that in other ways too. We're all volunteers and we want to take care of each other and the people we're serving. It's a, you know, it's a kind of an all around thing that ends up happening when you have a culture of care like that. Absolutely. And it's truly authentic. It's not something that's forced. Like I'm, I'm going to take a punt that that's not in city groups DNA <laughs> or it's right. not in their value set. I don't know that I could be wrong, but if the messaging is, get vaccinated or get fired, I'm not sure that's still leading with that same kind of empathy. Whereas I feel like in the Amy's Kitchen example, it's let's get vaccinated together. It very much came from the people, by the people led by the Berliner family. It's very authentic. So it's something mm. that is really in, in their culture. Okay, finally, on the fourth one, productivity. So is the let's get back to the office, let's get our people back, all about productivity. We saw what happened over the holiday season, what happens when productivity is really impacted by the pandemic. We had flights canceled all across the U.S. Most restaurants in San Francisco were closed over the holiday season, I think, because they had no one to work. So Yeah, the uh, same happened in London. Yeah, so people were off sick, and rightly so. If you're sick, don't come to work. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. I think whole underground lines were shut as well. Right, right. So... I mean, then I can't get to work anyways if my tube driver is not at work, because how would I get across the city? So illness costs business. So if getting people vaccinated back to the office is a productivity one, that could be just because it's going to cost us if we can't operate entirely. But also it's impacting on the way we collaborate. If I've got less people, I can't have them <laughs> collaborating, working at their best, whole members of our team out ill is not going to lead us to doing our best work. So there's many productivity implications around that. And in connection to their original topic, like, are we ever returning to the office? If productivity is the real concern, maybe we need to look at how we're collaborating that's affecting productivity, whether we're in the office or not. Exactly. So back to our first points all around getting people back to work the way we used to, maybe that's not going to be the reality anymore. Maybe we aren't working the way we used to. Maybe we have to have some new norms around that and new ways of seeing what productivity looks like for us. How do we collaborate at our best in a world where perhaps we are not going to have all of our team members present all the time is a wonderful mm. question for leaders. So looking at these four, I think what struck me and what I've been thinking about and when I'm 
talking to leaders around the world, what's really coming to mind here is, can we just be clear about which of these four are keeping us up at night? As a leader, can I just say, I am mostly concerned about productivity or I am mostly concerned about how are we going to have a connected culture where we all trust each other and know each other and are, and are being able to respect and honor each other. Can we have those conversations rather than just mandating, policying and enforcing? Can we start to have a conversation about what it is that's keeping our leaders, our leadership team up at night. I'm sure that those things are probably the same as what's keeping our employees up at night as well. Right. How can I do my best work if I'm sick? Mm. How can I do my best work when I hate working on Zoom? So can we start to have those conversations and solve at source a little bit around what are the big things that are blocking us so we can create strategies and a strategy could be created for any four of these that actually helps us to working even better than we've ever worked before. I love what you said there. It's up to the leaders to be more clear about what's keeping them up and create strategies around their why. But communicating with the people is really important too, because you're right. I think a lot of people are staying up at night for the same reasons. And wouldn't it be great if our leaders could open that communication up, open that yeah. conversation up with the people and involve them in the, in the change? Right. So, and even just to, there's a bit of vulnerability to say, this is what's keeping me up at night, but there's also a bit of vulnerability to go, I don't actually know how we're going to have a, for example, connected culture when we're all working remotely. Can we as a team get together and talk about what that looks like? How do we want to work at our best rather than me as a leader trying to have to figure out and solve all of that? Yep. Right. And January is often about setting up goals and resolutions. What if in this conversation, leaders could also take a moment to reflect back on what working from home looked like, what ways of working really served them and what didn't. Let's have a conversation about leaving all these ways of working that didn't work for us behind in 2021. What do we need to take forward in 2022 and our ways of working in our culture that's really going to serve us now? I love that. I love that. New year, new us. I know that social <laughs> media is telling us I have to say new year, same me, but maybe <laughs> it's time for leaders to go new year, new us. What do we want to leave behind? What can we step more into in the year ahead? As obviously it's going to be another year of continued exciting disruption. So let's see where that goes. Let's go. Year three of a pandemic. Let's so, go. <laughs> loving it even more. Back to the future part three. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes what is it what do you call it a trequel what is, trequel, what is it yeah no one wanted the trequel no one wanted that film but we got it anyways all right that's it for today you can find us at withinpeople.com you can follow us on instagram at withinpeople. And of course, sign up for our newsletter as well for a monthly drop into your inbox on things that have been going around in the world of work. And we'll see you next time. See you soon.